All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of everyone's favorite convention-related podcast, Conjob. This week, we have the organizer from Captain's Comic Expo, Mike Campbell. These, the convention takes place February 20th and 21st of next year in Charleston, South Carolina. Without further ado, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, thanks for having me. Happy to, to be here tonight. Um, so I am the owner of Captain's Comics and Toys. Um, I have owned Charleston's number one voted comic book store now for 13 and a half years. Um, we started doing the convention right about year two. Um, so this will be the 13th year coming up. Uh, we started in a gymnasium with a couple hundred people and now we've grown to be charleston's biggest comic con so we have a a lot of fun doing it it's a great way to give back to the community and make lots of new friends and fill my walls with art so it's a, it's a good time for everyone yeah and i have to say um this will be our third year doing it and it's like it's a great show so if anyone's not uh familiar with it you should definitely look into it it's really uh Really well done. Uh, Mike does a good job with uh, with getting every there's you know tons of people for the two day event. Got the food trucks out front, so definitely a good time. Thank you. We have a very good time. I'm pretty sure if Megan did not come, my wife would never let me hear the end of it. We will we will gladly continue to have you guys. <sighs> it is her favorite place. It is absolutely her favorite place to visit. She loves Charleston. Why so. is it that I feel like your wife might be a Disney fan? <laughs> So we are big Disney people. Disney's about six hours from the house. Um, we have a eight-year-old daughter, an almost seven-year-old son, and a one-year-old little girl. And my son spent 30 days in Disney World before we had to buy him a ticket. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying Disney is a religion in our household, but it's it's about as close as we can get without getting like lightning bolts from heaven. So. Um, we, we have a lot of fun with our with our Disney stuff, and you know everybody has their their thing that they're into. But yeah, I mean we're you know my wife is a, a big fan. My daughter's got five of Megan's pieces on her walls, um, so yeah, we we have a lot of fun. You'll have to send stuff. me the picture. I know we talked about it a little while ago while you guys were setting it up. So you have to send me the pic because yep. Meg loves to see that stuff. Sure. Um, so the show this year, I know, uh, like I said, this will be our third year. Um, and it's you, you've been doing it since 2008, so you said you're, what, 13th, right? Yeah, it'll be your 13th, yeah. yeah. Um, and last year, we did it right as kind of COVID was kind of taking hold, so we were able to actually have it with no real issues. And so what's what are your plans for this year? I mean, is I know when we talked earlier um, earlier in the year, actually, uh, you had kind of two plans, right? Where one, if if COVID was still going, and one if you were, you know, normal. So, what's did you have any updates on the, on any of that? So, it, every year is a little bit different. Um, we've been in this venue for about five or six years, so it was becoming familiar as far as you know operations and who did what and and all of that stuff. I've got a great group of people who help me, and most of them have helped for 10 years or longer. Um, so, I mean, we were, we were very 
good and comfortable with the the logistics and all of that stuff it was just you know execute the plan have a good time kind of thing um last year we were february 22nd and 23rd i think and i laughed because we had a, a signs up at the front that said hey if you guys want to wear a mask to the show you know we'll, we'll let you do that but we need to take a picture of you with your driver's license so that way if someone in a spider-man mask you know acts inappropriately we know who they are hold people correctly accountable because you know after the movie theater incidents and some of the the more problematic things we wanted to make sure that we were you know balancing people having fun and you know and being safe and smart so this year i got to pull down the please let's wear masks but do it cautiously and flip it completely around to like please don't show me your mouth it's poison please cover <laughs> So, so that's been, that's been a very, you know, just kind of amusing kind of a thing. Um, as far as the two plans go, um, the venue is pretty large. It's about our, for our scale show. It's about 17,000 square feet. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good size venue. Um, the, the interesting thing I think shows are going to run into this year is if you get too big, it takes you an entire year to plan it and you're not especially flexible. Um, you've got 500 people working or hundreds of people working or whatever. And you've got all these hotels you've got to work with. You've got guests flying in from all over the place. You've got hundred thousands of dollars on the line. Like you're, you're not flexible. Um, or you're these little tiny shows that have like 300 people in a ballroom and you have no space. So your capacity gets adjusted to 50 people. You have 25 vendors. You don't have a show because you can't literally let anybody in the door. Um, we're this kind of weird sweet spot where we've got a little bit of growth opportunity in the venue and the venue is large enough. So as long as I keep the aisles, you know, comfortably wide, as long as we keep capacity limits under, you know, under control, if, you know, if we monitor and make sure people are wearing masks and, you know, we have hand sanitizer checks and we have, you know, temperature checks at the door, as long as we're doing kind of the things you would do slightly more aggressively than going to Target, um, then I think we'll be able to do this and, and it all work out pretty well. And have you had any, any issues uh, booking vendors or guests or anything like that? Has there been any, any hesitation from anybody that you've been hearing? So this year has to be adjusted because if we're going to sell fewer tables, and we're going to count on a lower number of people coming in. We do have to budget the the special guest list and some of that accordingly. So I did not reach out to as many special guests this year as I have in previous years, just because, you know, the money's just not there for it. Um, I do have Guy Gilchrist, who's flying in from the Nashville area. He was the concept artist yep. for uh, the original Ninja Turtles, uh, yeah. the original Puppet Baby show. Um, and worked with Jim Henson on like the Muppets comic strip for decades. Um, and we talked to him about it and he was like, yeah, that's great. You know, fly me in, I'll wear a mask. It'll be fine. No big deal. Um, so he wasn't particularly worried about it. Um, we have Vic Carabata coming. Vic Carabata is over 90 years old. He worked on Marvel back in the fifties before it was called Marvel. And I did not expect to hear from him this year. Um, and he called me a week or two ago and was like, Hey Mike, are you doing the show? I want to come back and do it. And I said, okay, if you're, if you're happy and safe and comfortable and want to come do it, I'll be glad to have you. Um, so we did add him 
to the, you know, to the list of special guests. Um, I have not had as many artists sign up as I normally would. Um, but that doesn't particularly surprise me because the artists who are more local and regional tend to sign up later in the game. And if those guys are getting hit with, you know, can't doing these extra shows and not being able to do as many of these events, then their money's going to be a bit tighter. Right. Um, so I've kind of booked, you know, kind of set aside the extra dozen tables for them and just said, all right, we know you're going to be last minute. It's fine. You know, be a little more flexible and work with the people who have always been good to you. So that way you can, you know, recognize who's, you know, who's been a good part of the show, who's been an important and meaningful you know, part of it and, and try to continue that forward. Alexa, I, you got I'm just listening. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I didn't know if I was. Gonna no, no, you just keep questions. going. Cause I, I'll, I'll come in with a couple here in a minute. I'm, I'm formulating some things in my head. So uh, Mike, did you uh, have any issues with uh, the city or even the venue with, with uh, wanting to go forward with this? Has there been any pushback related to that? Not at the moment. Um, and I say that I say that because, I mean, with COVID, we went from our expo with one person saying, oh, there's a bad flu coming out of China this year, to two weeks later going, oh, man, they might shut this convention down, yeah. to two weeks after that, them shutting my store down. So in the course of a month, I went from having, you know, 1,200 people in a room to you can't go into your store with one other person because, you know, you're, you're – <laughs> Because your mouth is poison. So, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, I mean, we made the decision to go forward with it. We recognized, okay, we're going to need to plan for things being as they are, and that being the the kind of standard. If things get dramatically worse, they're going to capacity limit me down to the point that I can't do it. If things get remarkably better, then we will have some more flexibility in how we do it. But honestly, that flexibility is going to be our best judgment as opposed to legal best judgment. Um, I don't expect to pack this house out, even if everybody had a COVID shot tomorrow. Um, I expect people wearing, you know, masks and face shields and, you know, hand sanitizers and temperature checks and all of that stuff. Um, I, I think it's been most of a year and we can reasonably do that and the people who are comfortable and safe to come out will and the people who are uncomfortable or don't feel safe or just don't want to participate in a mass event will you know wait for next year and we'll do our best and then as far as the the mandates go or you know the rules that you're going to have for the convention obviously masks right will be will be required mask will be required We'll do a temperature check at the door. Um, we will have, you know, we have 10 foot aisles anyway. Yeah, I was so going to say they're already pretty wide. Other than that, um, we are going to have to figure out how to do the cosplay contest because the stage oh, right. is going to be kind of put a ton of people on the stage. Um, there is a drop down screen, so we may end up just live streaming it across like a theater projection screen. We may do it outside. Um, we try to host kind of a food truck kind of carnival vibe outside as well. So that'll be good, um, especially once we get to kind of those busier chunks of the day where people go, hey, it's feeling a little crowded or, hey, let me go eat outside and take a break for an hour and let some other people in or, you know, things like that. Um, but, I mean, we've we actually started having people wear masks in the store before the city of Charleston mandated it. Um, and, and that was partially because I didn't want to be responsible for somebody getting sick. 
um, partially because I don't want to be responsible for my staff getting sick, partially because I'm selfish and I don't want to close my store for two weeks because who really wants to take that paycheck hit? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was really about trying to be reasonable with, you know, with caution while not being so afraid to live our life and do our thing that people who, you know, were okay taking a cautious risk could go out and have fun and enjoy the time. Yeah, and it's uh, I have to applaud you for for doing that because we've been saying since we started. I mean, when we started this podcast, Alex and I were it was supposed to be to do reviews of shows, you know, because between her and I and we know so many people like there's a show every weekend somewhere that we were going to do. And then obviously COVID happened and it became, you know, nothing. So we just kept saying from day one, we're like, we got to start somewhere. We have to move forward with this like. Yeah, some people don't feel comfortable, and if they don't, then don't go, you know. Yeah. But I mean, everybody that's running them, even you know, we had um, the Anime Dallas show uh, promoter John on last week. We've had other promoters on in the past where it's like we're doing all we can, you know. We we have to move forward because, like you said too, nobody wants to not get that paycheck. I'm sure, uh, you know, there's people out there that want can't wait for the show like us. They just want to go. They want to get out. They want to, you know, well, I mean, in a safe way. Right. By the time our show hits, it will be a full year right. since COVID was the God. main discussion point of Crazy. the world. Um, you know, after a year, I feel like we can look at things and say, all right, for the people who are able to go and take reasonable precautions, you know, the people who can go to Target and, and pick up their, you know, their essentials, the people who can go to, you know, a restaurant and eat outside, the people who... Are, are able to, you know, to live their lives with a mask and hand sanitizer and social distancing and all those things, you know, we've, we've learned how to do this. So if we can apply that to the stores, we can apply that to restaurants, we can apply that to these places, then a small to mid-sized Comic-Con, I think I can do that in a way that feels true to the spirit of the show, while at the same time being safe and reasonable and about it. I've already told the staff that we're going to have extra people on staff who are just going to walk around and be the mask police. I like it. Yeah. Because, I mean, they just, we just, I need two or three people who have got a little size on them and <laughs> be friendly, but at the same time firm about it and just remind people, like, wear the mask, wear the mask. It's not that hard. Pull the mask up. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been to Disney World a couple times since this hit. Um, and I've always felt safe. Except in the stores at night because there's just too many people there. But I, in the lines and in the rides and all those things, I mean, we felt like if there were people from the staff paying attention, if the people from the staff were modeling these things correctly, you know, after a year, people should be able to to follow along and get with the program. Um, I, I joke we're going to do twice the work for half the people. Um, but you know what? If those half the people have a good time, that is a very important totally part. worth it that is what i want to do you know i want to give people a sense of normalcy and fun and something to look forward to and get excited about because man do we need things to look forward yeah to we do excited about uh, this year. Tell me about- so i i have a question for you and it, it's something that i've talked to multiple promote multiple promoter friends kind of on the side um you know you you talked about you know the people that are that are willing to take that you know that that calculated risk if if there are people out there that still want to come to your show, <clears throat> but they're they're not willing to do the you know do the do the mask thing, is have you thought about any uh, 
you know, any like streaming programming for them or giving them the ability to, you know, possibly do like pickups from vendors, you know, anything like that? I don't know if we scale large enough for that. Um, the focus of, of our show has never been the big media guests or the big the big meet and greet type of a thing. It's generally been much more of a relationship building thing. It's been a community kind of a thing. It's been a meet your art favorite artist and chat with them and see the new prints that they've done or pick up an original or, you know, buy from your favorite vendors and things like that. Um, I'm not saying I'm against something like that. I'm just not sure that I'm just not sure how we would use the expo as a pass through for that, as opposed to why they wouldn't just go on the website and do it directly or why they wouldn't buy it from someone's eBay store or right. things like that. So it's, it's not a no, cause I wouldn't consider it. It's just not been necessarily a, a focal point of, of planning gotcha. for the show. And now Ryan's really and when quiet. It comes to, <laughs> no, I was going to say, when it comes to that, it's, uh, it's funny you mentioned like the the artist because uh, the the first time we did your show you had Tom Bancroft, yeah, and he and Meg loves Pocahontas and he did a bunch of work for that show. So he, she actually he came over and they were talking and and she was just in heaven. It was amazing. And then she got from him. Uh, he had a rejected uh, rejected original cell that he had drawn of for the movie. You know, got rejected, had notes on it, you know, and she, she bought that from him. And that's like, it's framed, <laughs> it's framed in her art. Hold on, is that the one that's like, it's, it's not above the, uh, it's not above the desk, it's on the other wall. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, it's a pencil drawing of Pocahontas and it is like little notes. Oh, her mouth's too big. Her head needs to turn more to the right. You know, I, I needs to be focused more to the left. You know, it's like little <laughs> handwritten notes from whoever he handed it to. You know, so she just she loves that. So like you were saying, as far as whether you have the huge, huge guest or, you know, the artist, you know, um, yeah, she she's uh, she was a big fan. And then last year you had. uh, Oh, gosh, what's his name? Um, That's Max. Max Goof. What the heck's his name? That was actually. Oh, that was uh, the same year. It was the same time. Same year. Yeah. 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 What's his name? Gosh, Uh, nicest guy. Yeah, just Martin. Yeah, exactly. He is. He is the nicest guy, too. Because our son's name is Max, and it was it was his birthday, uh, nice. right after that show, and so he did a little video where he said, you know, happy birthday to him, and he was and, and he did it in Max Goof's voice, so it was it was really cool. So one of the things about the expo that that I've always been for good or for bad about is it is a reflection of the promoter in the sense that it's a very small show, and it's something that I take very very personally. Um, like we, we cultivate that room with artists and guests and vendors to make sure that the room is successful for everyone as best we can. Um, I did a lot of merchandising in retail. And so I, I, I almost look at it like a, a store, as it were. And I look at the way people walk around the room and what they're looking at and what they're looking for. Um, I do not want 50 tables of guys selling the same comic books. I do not want 50 people selling the same Deadpool and Harley Quinn prints. I want, I do not want the show to look like just kind of an amalgus blob of the same. Um, so when we set it up, we kind of intermix 
some of the artists and the craftspeople. We put the vendors on half on one side of the room and half on the other side of the room. We put the artists in little in little groupings. We try to spread out where different types of artists are. So like I won't put anybody that does a more girly style near Megan because that's kind of her thing. So I might put you know, different different types of, of people in different places because I want everyone to succeed and I want people to have to walk around and spend a little more time and to dig and to hunt and to make that show something special. Um, a couple of years ago, I realized, and, and I don't know if this is a trade secret I should tell, um, I realized that for a show my scale, I wasn't getting as much pop for having a big name comic book guest as I would have thought. Um, I had years where I had a really good guest list and I had years where I had a really nice guest list of people who were nice people, but weren't as big of names. And I noticed that my numbers really didn't change all that much from that. Um, and I think the reason why is that the average person who sees a flyer at the, you know, the local pub down the street doesn't have a clue who Jim Lee is. <laughs> they don't they don't know who Jim Lee is. So I they you know, but they know who the guy is who drew Aladdin. They right. don't know his name, but they know, oh, that guy drew Aladdin. I love Aladdin. So mm -hmm. I start trying to pull in people who are animators or people who have worked on stuff that random person at the bar or, you know, random people who hear about and know about because it's a way of making them familiar with what's going on and and still adding something unique and interesting to the show that I don't feel is at every single show in the area. And it's funny you mention that because Alexa and I talk about that often. It's like, you know, uh, every show is going to have, you know, the big name star that's kind of out right now or, or they're all all the same shows have kind of the similar actors showing up. And it's it's cool to get kind of that that little niche group, like you were saying, just the you know, the little off the wall ones that you wouldn't think would be huge, but it's going to draw the people in. Cause like you said, they, they know Aladdin. It's like, Oh wait, he's the guy that, that drew Aladdin. Let me go see him. That'd be awesome. So I met, I met Tom at, um, heroes con up in Charlotte a couple years before. And, um, he was doing Disney stuff. And that was when the kids were two and three or three and four, something like that. And so we were very into Disney and we were definitely getting excited about it. And I was like, okay, this will be a way to engage the kids. We'll talk who draws Disney and we'll get him to draw something for you know for the wall and we'll put it up and it'll be cute um, so I had Oliver with me who was about two two and a half at the time and he was on my back and it was 2 30 in the afternoon so he was supposed to be asleep he wouldn't fall asleep and he's just exhausted so at a certain point I'm talking to Tom Bancroft and he's drawing Lumiere for us and we're just kind of chatting and stuff and Oliver literally falls asleep on my back <laughs> So I've got a kid on my back. I'm kind of hunched over to where I'm like not leaned all the way forward, but pretty darn close. Um, and I look at Tom and I'm like, Tom, I apologize if this is the least professional interaction you've had today, but he needs to sleep and I'm enjoying this conversation. And Tom just starts laughing and he goes, I'm like, I got a billion daughters. I, I love it. We're on the same page. And I was like, yep, we're, we're, we're going to be buddies. And so I, I told him about the showdown in Charleston. I said, no, I know you're, you know, you're, you're big in the animation world and all this stuff. I run a show in Charleston. If you ever do small shows, I'd love to have you. He's like, my father-in-law lives in Charleston. Here's my email address. And he gives me a real email address. 
And then a couple minutes later, somebody comes up and asks for like a portfolio review. And he's like, oh yeah, contact me through my website. And it was one of those moments where you're like, <laughs> yes, I got the real <laughs> um, Yeah, he's a nice guy. So it took a couple years and, and I left because um, he reached, I reached out to him. And then a couple days later, um, Jason Marsden reached out to me. And that was year 11 of the expo. I had never done a media guest, period. Um, I had no intention of doing a media guest um, because it's a different type of show. And that wasn't something I wanted to spend all my money on was doing media guests. Cause I feel like that if you're a comic and toy show and then you try to bring in 15 other things, I feel like it kind of waters down what you do. Um, but I was like, you know, it's the guy who played Max goof crap. <laughs> like, you, like you found the one guy that I would, that I would break the rule for. So I was like, you know what, if we're going to, if we're going to blow the budget on a media guest, let's blow the budget on somebody I'd like to meet. Um, and he was actually working on a project with Tom and they were friends. And so it all just kind of serendipitously worked out. But um, did you have to pay extra to get him to MC the, uh, the, the contest? So <laughs> that was, he was great. He was great. And you know, one of the things I really liked about him and, and it was one of the things that I was really, really pleased with is like our show is so community run. It's very much about people who give up their time and talents to just come out and make it fun for everybody. Um, you know, and so I did not want to hire or bring in a media guest who cost X millions of dollars and was not. And I mean, you know, some people are very important and want to be treated like they're very important and that's great and fine, but that's not the vibe that we kind of have. Um, you know, we want to, we want to treat people really well. We want to treat them like family. But, you know, we, we wanted them to, to, to have fun with us, you know, um, and be part of it. And so we, we started talking to him and we mentioned we were doing it. And he was like, yeah, sure, I'm in. Let's do it. Um, so that was a that was a bucket list check off that I did not know I had, which was, you know, co-host a live event with, you know, a, a childhood, you know, favorite actor. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's a voice that I mean, uh, I mean, I I'm a huge Goofy's my favorite Disney character, and so it was like when he did the when he did the um, the little video for our son Max, he was like, yeah. oh, what you know, what you know, what we both have in common, our dad's Goofy, <laughs> so it was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, he was super cool. And then when he got up there to do the uh, the contest, and he's like, for those in the back, if if you can't see me, it's because I'm short. <laughs> well, he was he was very fun. We um. It- we, it worked out that they had a Harry Potter event that Saturday night. Um, so they were playing Harry Potter on like the orchestra, uh, like a big screen and the orchestra was playing the music along with the movie. Um, and we were given tickets as part of some trade comp thing. And so I was like, you know what? I wonder if he'd like to go. So I sent him an email a week before and I was like, look, if you'd like to, we'd be happy to take you to dinner after the show the first night and then go see, you know, Harry Potter, at, you know, with the orchestra playing at the performing arts center. And he was like, yes, that sounds like fun. I'm in. So we got to actually like hang out with him after the show and grab some sushi. And, you know, he's all dressed to the nine with his wand <laughs> in hand, you know, directing traffic with like the traffic guy for a few minutes as they're parking cars before we run into the show. It was, it was a riot. He was, He's just as nice off stage as he presents on stage. I gotta tell you, like my favorite like media guest that will do MCing 
is Mark Mir. I don't know if you know Mark. He's the voice of uh, Commander Shepard. Um, he okay. got what I was in uh, Edmonton, I think, with him. And he walked up and he talked to us. And I, I'm like, I know this voice. I don't know why I know this voice. He's like, oh, I'm MC in the costume contest, blah, blah, blah. He walked onto the stage and he was, um, oh, one of the, um, oh, the zombie guys from Game of Thrones. I'm not a Game of Thrones fan, but like the de- Thank you. The White, Walk- um, the White Walkers. One of those guys. Um, he was in like full crazy prosthetics and he was amazing. And then when he said who he was, I was like, holy crap, I know who you are now. But he like, he had so much fun with it. I, I love those kind of guests that actually, that actually like get into doing the things and getting, getting to interact and whatnot. I, I feel like if you go to events like that and you don't enjoy people, you really should find something else to do. Um, I mean, Agree. like I, I like people. I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy, you know, casual small talk. I enjoy selling stuff. I enjoy making people smile. You know, like I, I like people. Um, and I can't imagine, you know, trying to do this, 40 weekends a year and, and hating people or hating telling stories or hating joking with people. And, and yes, there are people who are exhausting and there are people who are draining and there are people who are, you know, you're, you're happier when they leave the table than when they walked up to it. But like, you know, if you're going to go and do these things and you're going to, you're going to be a, a special guest and you're going to be a part of something like dive in, be a part of it, make it, make it something that you're proud of and that everybody's, you know, excited to, to participate in. So I, I've got one more question for you, and then I think uh, Ryan's gonna gonna do some uh, some random questions for you. But you you had tossed about talked about you know like having having those unique you know unique people at the show. You guys are Disney fans. Have you ever thought about having like Imagineers? If I had a contact for an Imagineers, I would gladly well. have them at the show. Um, that would be really cool. This year, I think it would be a lot harder because we won't have the opportunity to do some of the larger panels. Our panel room is not large enough to do COVID friendly panels. Um, but yes, I would love to have some imagining. Well, we, we know some people. I think I, uh, yeah, Mike, when, when I'm, when, when I see you, we'll, uh, we'll talk. I think, I, I think we can get you a couple. No, that sounds, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. It was funny. I met, um, some people from a friend of a friend and they, um, are gallery artists at universal studios. Um, and the, the two girls who do that are, are just some of my favorite convention friends. Like we, we see each other once or twice a year. They always drive up from, I mean, one drill drive. I know, I know who you're talking um, about. Yeah. I mean, just wonderful people, super talented, um, you know, and, and just kind, like that is, that is, the, the kind of people that I want at my show every time. And I definitely like people who are friendly and personable and excited to be there and remarkably talented and have a unique style. Um, and I try to put those people as part of the show. And I try to make sure that I bring in people who are part of the show who do art that appeals to women too. Um, I have been, you know, I mean, I've done comic cons for, 14 years now um just attending as well and like my wife is a good sport and she will go and she will find ways to get involved and and she's pretty pretty open to that kind of stuff um but i've met a lot of people that man if they're not engaged they're done 
and whoever gets bored first makes everybody leave. <laughs> so yeah. I have nothing. You know, I put a dump castle out front for the kids and a bunch of places where people can get eat good food. And I try to have some interesting art there, you know, for the, the anime crowd, some interesting art for the superhero crowd, some interesting art for the people who are, you know, into the big names and that kind of stuff and have some stuff for the ladies, have some stuff for Disney and Harry Potter and, you know, the adjacent fandoms to Comic-Con culture. Um, because whoever gets bored first makes everybody leave. So let's let's bring something for everybody out to It's a fair statement. All right. Yeah, no, I, I, we, and I gotta tell you, I definitely, as, as an artist, definitely appreciate the fact that you were saying earlier how, you know, you do the journeying where it's like, I don't want to have 15 artists that sell the exact same thing. You know, that's, that definitely is huge because that, that, you know, some of these, these bigger ones, you know, there's, there's 20 other artists that are selling, you know, very similar prints to what we have. So it's like, you know, Luckily, there's not a ton of watercolor. I was going to say, I rarely have that issue with somebody selling the same thing I do. That's true. That's true. And maybe we'll get you into the show uh, up there this year or next year. Yeah. Um, So, Mike, uh, as we start to kind of wind down, we we like to uh, ask these a couple of random questions. So we each have two questions. So, um, all right. So, Alexa, you you go first. I'm very much about entertainment. Um, I Whenever I sit down, usually I work for, you know, eight, 10 hour stretches doing, uh, doing my stuff. And I usually put something on in the background. Um, Spaceballs is kind of my go-to, like I can put it on and I can watch it all day long. I can have it on in the background all day long and I won't get tired of it. Is there anything, you know, what's, what's your go-to that you could just run all day? So the my absolute favorite movies are back to the future. I can start back to the future at any point, read along to it to any point and never be bored. Um, I I don't know that I've ever been unhappy while watching back to the future. Um, So those are definitely my favorite movies. Um, My favorite bad movies are the resident evil series. I love (laughs) the resident evil movies. I have so much fun while watching them. They are ridiculous ridiculous and it makes me laugh every single time um so so we'll go with we'll go with one of those two for okay for right for that one and then i i'm also i'm a little chubby i like the food um you know we we talk about it every show that uh, there's there's a place that you know kind of makes Orlando my favorite go to food spot and it's called the Sloppy Taco Palace, um, but Orlando also has kind of everything, um, and I w- I would always get excited whenever I would have something going on in Orlando just because I mean it's Orlando you know I can get any kind of food there. Um, is there a is there a place that you just you can't wait to get to because of the food? So I would probably say. My favorite spot um, is an Asian place called Zen. Um, they have been open for about 10 or 12 years. Um, we've eaten there at least once a month, many times once a week um, for the last decade. So those are that's probably my face. Reasonable, reasonable prices, good variety, very friendly staff. Um, you know, just a fun little okay. local spot. And I gotta, I gotta tell you, Meg and I are gonna make sure that we uh, figure out a way to get into Husk 
this time when we get there. You, you, <laughs> it's always, it's always. See, booked. you've got to give me a couple of of weeks' notice because the owner, one yes. of the owners is a subscriber of mine. So we we have a we have a friend or two at Husk. Yes, I remember you were telling us that last year, and we and it's always one of those things where we just forget and forget. So it's like now that I'm thinking about, it, I'm actually going to put a reminder yeah, in my phone to make sure that let we me know. Go. A, couple weeks ahead of time and he'll he'll take care of you guys all right i appreciate it so for my questions um i know i know we talked about guests and um you know you you try to keep it on a a different level but if you were running a a, you know let's just say a large convention whatever it may be and money was absolutely no object who would be the one uh the one guest that you could that you would get alive someone who's alive who would be the one person that you would love to have as a guest at one of your shows? All right. From comic book world, it would probably be Joe Matarera. Um, He was the 90s X-Men artist who was doing X-Men when I was getting into books back in probably 95. Um, he drew the Age of Apocalypse. He did the Battle Chasers game series. Our um, Battle Chasers comics, which is a game now. He did the Darksiders game series. Um, he is mostly left comics. He kind of dips his toe in every once in a while. Um, but he is one of my absolute favorite artists um, and is probably the most rare among those. I had a buddy who went to his Megacon appearance a couple years ago and was the first person in line the first day of the show. And I sent three friends with hardcovers. And I said, get it signed. And if he will draw anything, I will be thrilled. And so the buddy was the first guy in line and um, he hands him a, a gold Sharpie and says, you think you could draw Spider-Man for us? And he draws these tiny little Spider-Man eyes with the crosshash across the nose. It is the size of a 50 cent piece or a very large quarter for people who don't know what a 50 cent piece is. It is so small. So much emotion. And I love we are in a coin Absolutely shortage. love it. It is so cool. So, you know, from that world, I would probably say him. Um, if we're going Disney, I think I'm going to go Nathan Greeno. Um, Nathan Greeno was the artist for um, uh, Tangled. And I have spoken to him on Instagram a couple of times. Um, and he is super nice. I um, was able to get a Harley Quinn original when he was doing Instagram, like one a day sketches. Um, and when he, you know, I picked it up from him, I paid him for it and I sent him a note and just said, Hey man, I'm really excited. My daughter is a huge tangled fan. She loves it. Um, she's probably going to steal this piece from me. So, you know, thank you for making my wall or her wall, um, look a little nicer. And he goes, Oh, that's so cool. What's her name? And he draws a, um, Rapunzel with Pascal sitting on the shoulder it's like full color. It's just like three by five note card size. And it says to Haley. And he just threw it in there because he heard she liked Rapunzel. Wow. Um, oh, that's so, awesome. You know, someone who is, is, is huge in that world and extremely talented and very nice, even when he doesn't have to be. Um, that's, yeah. that's my kind of guest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for that's sure. Awesome. I like hearing Sorry, stuff like these, that. These answers are paragraph. I really hope this rapid is supposed <laughs> to be like, no it's take it take it for whatever you want that's perfectly fine honestly and then my my second question is very similar it's just like i said anybody who's alive so the second question is money no object and the person can be dead so therefore you need a lot of money so anyone throughout history oh gosh i don't (laughs) i'm i'm trying let's go with will eisner 
Okay. I, I, oh, to go okay. I mean, like he his work on the spirit and his work on those little like stories he told about growing up in like Brooklyn in the depression. Like some of that stuff is just it's just it's foundational um to like comic books and comic strip storytelling as a medium um you know a very cool guy i got to see an exhibit of his art in new york a decade ago um when we didn't he have a con i think he did that contract yeah with god, that's, right? that's i couldn't yeah wouldn't come to okay mind. um he did a contract with god yep. and a few others that were very similar with that um but I mean, just an incredibly talented person a very nice person um it just just one of those people that you go man like everybody knows stan lee as like the writer who who made it all happen and i think he's probably the artist who made it all happen oh that's a good one it's yeah it's always good to hear to pick people's brains with these sort of things we get really good um we get some really good ones, and unfortunately, a, a while back we got someone on the who's yeah. alive question, and they picked Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, and that one at the time was like, wow, that was kind of out of left field, and we didn't, you know, didn't think anything of it. But no, but no, anyway, I I, I, I apologize else? for being so quiet. You guys were like just going at it, and I'm like, hey, they're getting, they're covering everything. I I enjoy this stuff. I really do. I mean, this is this is fun. This is supposed to be fun. Um, at the we actually started doing it at the comic book show a couple years ago, where I would do like ask me anything style chats um, as one of the panels of the show. Um, and it was funny because it was really kind of a last minute fill in gap kind of a thing. And I just kind of was like, you know what? There might be some people who have questions, and if someone's got to kill an hour. I can kill an hour. Um, and it ended up being a pretty well attended. Like people seem to come out and ask questions and, you know, they, they politely laugh at my dad jokes and, you know, we have a good time with it. And so it's one of those things like, I, I like doing this stuff. I enjoy talking about this stuff. So yeah, if you guys, you know, ever need a, ever need another guest or ever want to do something similar or want to do a recap when it's all over or whatever, please keep me in mind. I'm happy, awesome. to, happy to chat. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely have you back on, and so uh, for to to do the review. So that's what we that's what we like doing. It's better to get it with the person who's running it, you know, than just uh, yeah. you know me or Alexa or, or another artist. So we can get def- and then different you can't points say of terrible things about it because I'll be right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can do it a couple oh, weeks yeah. after. Yeah. You know, we'll do a recap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Um, I really appreciate. It. I know. Uh, I know we had talked about this a, a while back, and and we and we kind of waited till you got more into the planning phase. So, uh, yeah, do I, I really do appreciate it. And uh, nope, nope. So, um, Alexa, you have anything else? She's yeah, she's really been, been, uh, been really been helpful on this podcast. I'm not gonna lie. I, I... All right. Well, Mike, thanks again, and uh, we will uh, we'll be in touch good. soon. Thanks. Okay. All right. Hey Ryan, let's uh, let's talk. Uh, since we we kind of talked about it a little a little earlier about you know conventions, um, let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on in the convention world. Um, we've got some some pretty pretty big news that's happened over the last few weeks. Yeah, there's been some big uh, some big cancellations, right? <sighs> some, and well, one that might be a cancellation for good, just by the yeah. sound of the email. I mean. I, so I guess you want to start with that or do you have, you want to start? Uh, 
let, let's start with a small one. Um, you know, er, earlier in the year, we, you know, we were talking about how, you know, these cons have to happen that, you know, that they can't survive missing more than a year of, you know, of, of actually being hosted. And, uh, you know, that there was a, there's already been a couple of casualties, like these little tiny cons that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people believed were, you know, just the con folding anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite shows um, is in Pittsburgh, um, middle of the summer. Um, it's called Replay Effects. It used to be called Pinsburg. Um, it's a uh, it's a, a, a video game um, event. You know, they have these huge pinball tournaments, but they have like hundreds of console games, um, you know, tons of, uh, of arcade cabinets just everything and you pay like 130 bucks and it was a four-day event that you could uh you could game literally 24 hours a day um they announced that uh they were um they were shutting down not too long ago um because a lot of their people are international you know a lot of their people are you know they're they they fly in and I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> how you know how many people want to stand at a video game cabinet that somebody else has been standing at? You know, it, it logistically it just didn't it didn't work for them. Yeah, I don't. I, I I've never heard of this show, so it's um, it, this is news to me. But um, are they closing down completely, or are they just shutting down the show for the year? So they're what it, what it looks like they're liquidating like their pinball and their arcade cabinet inventory. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a foundation that uh, that's still going to run, but the, the thing is like, it sounds like it's going to be permanent and that if, if they come back, you know, type things. So it's uh, it's sad. It really is. Yeah, that does. That's, I hate hearing that stuff. Um, that that that's yeah, that's terrible. It's kind of like we we're saying with all our friends, you know, vendor friends. You know, very yeah. Very I mean, similar. There's there's some that will not be back. So the the next one, <laughs> this this one kind of hits you in the gut. Um, you know, is Denver. Yes, so that one was a surprise to me because it's still relatively far away. I mean, yeah, what are we, eight well, nine months away, and they're just they're pulling pulling the plug. And from the sounds of the email, they're thrown in the towel, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it didn't come out and say it. I mean, I just I'm reading between the lines, but so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some. <sighs> What what is a rumor, but is also pretty well widely known. Um, you know, Denver Denver had a really bad Reno show. People say it was a good show. You know, there was a quote unquote a lot of people there. There wasn't. It was a show that was was definitely uh, you know a loss for them, and I feel like that probably kind of got them in a spot. You know where you know finance financially probably not the best thing um, for them. And, you know, then you roll into this year where you don't get to have a show. 
it just it 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 was at that point where it just didn't make sense. Yeah, um, you know, uh, to have to continue or have to try and try and make it work next year. You know, if they're not going to be financially sound, um, and I think I think they kind of saw that that writing on the wall, um, and all of us are are saying, you know, it sounds like they're not coming back. They've laid off their staff. They've done, you know, this, they're refunding vendors. So, you know, that's, that's a big deal. Wow. Yeah. That's awful. But see, that leaves a big hole because Denver, it's one of our favorite shows because we have family there. So we, you know, we visit, we get to stay with the family and see them, but it's a, it's a, it's a great area. It's a great market there. I mean, obviously I'm, I, I can guarantee you someone will step in and fill the void, but um, well, I'm going to make a speculation right now. Um, let me let me actually go ahead, and then I'll I'll, I'll give you my prediction. No, I don't have I don't have any prediction. I was just going to say someone's going to step in. I didn't I don't know who, but I'm hoping you're going to tell well, me. Well, I so there's rumors of other shows in other areas that are really on the verge of not being able to come back. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to fuel those rumors. Because, you know, it's not the rumor show this week. Um, but th- there, there's some, there's some shows that you would be surprised um, that may not come back. And I, I think people are going to hate hearing this because people either love them or hate them. But Wizard is poised right now. You know, Peter just, uh, you know, just took over as CEO um, or president, rather. Um, Peter's been, been in the, he's been in the company forever. You know, he knows how things, how things work. He knows how things need to work. And I think he's gonna, he's gonna help steer them a little bit back on path. Um, do I think, you know, they'll get fully back on path? No, I I don't. I think, uh, you know, I think it's gonna, gonna be a minute before we get a a wizard world. that's like 100% on path, but I think they they're the only company right now that's, you know, running these successful online events. And, you know, they've got they've got a positive cash flow. They had a great profit last quarter. You know, that, because they're not they don't have any expenditures right now. I I honestly see them unless Denver contract that, you know, there was a non-compete with like the convention center um you know, and them not saying that they're shutting down permanently kind of keeps that non-compete in there. Um, you know, unless they had a non-compete at the convention center, I, I feel like Wizard could swoop in and I, I feel like they might be able to, you know, to be like, okay, yeah, so guess what? We're going to do the thing. Yeah. And in a lot of these places, I think, uh, I think they could come in and they could, you know, they could run their 35 shows again. Well, I'll be happy for whoever it is, to be honest. Yeah, I, it's going to – that Denver leaves a huge gap. I mean, you know, there's there are vendors that they did – they did four shows a year. Right. You know, they did, you know, L.A. – or not L.A. San Diego, um, San Diego New York. New York, C2E2, and Denver. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, no, it's too big of a market. Someone will step in, but it's still – it's one of those things where if you know there's a void – until they step in, it's it's still a void. So I'm not I'm yeah. not worried. I just I'm surprised to hear you say uh, that it would be wizard. But I, I would be. I got uh, a feeling. Yeah. I, they already own a show there. 
they do. So yeah. Oh. Why yeah. Have I not yeah. Heard they. About that one? Um, because it never happened because oh. of COVID. Okay. Um, oh, they were doing it this year. Yeah, they were gonna they were gonna do it this year. So there's, I mean, there's that distinct possibility. You know, they they had it. They had some shows scheduled for areas that you would have never thought that they they were going into. Um, you know, and they were gonna do it, and it just it didn't happen. Um, you know, I think uh, there's a there's a western city that uh, if if the major show there doesn't uh, doesn't come back, I think they're gonna they're gonna swoop in there too. You know, there's there there's interesting stuff on the horizon yeah i'm Fuck looking forward out. hopefully it's not uh anything oh hopefully it's something better than what we've pretty much gone through the entire year of 2020 yeah. <laughs> well 2020 sucked yeah it's not over yet don't jinx it it's true <laughs> well, you know what not on what day today's the uh, what the 12th 17 days 14 days yeah, yeah. Uh, two more pods and then a new year's podcast all right excellent good enough. yeah and this is our first one where we're both uh, officially living in florida it's true it's true i uh i am in the florida now so uh, i am in the flow rider well that's i that's kind of all we got for yeah. the uh for the 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 shows thing so you know let's uh let's call this one a wrap and figure out what we're going to do next week and uh bring people more bad news next week sounds like a plan and uh <laughs> i'm sure everybody's waiting for it right and uh yeah so anyone has any uh any questions feel free to reach out uh through email conjobpodcast at gmail.com you can hit us up on facebook and please go ahead and uh like or you know like the page but go ahead and review the pod go ahead and subscribe to it and uh all that sort of jazz and uh, okay, since you're not going to chime in, I'll keep going. So uh, we'll end oh. it here. And <laughs> so thanks for tuning in, guys. And for Ryan and Alexa, we will talk to you next week. See ya. See ya.